0: Welcome to the C3 Church Podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm preaching, we're continuing the series on It Feels Like Home. Everybody say home. Home, home is awesome, isn't it, Cam? Home is, home is awesome. I love home. I love going home. It's one of the greatest feelings on earth is to have a home and to, 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 to arrive in, at home. And, and, and I'm going, going to talk specifically about the sense of connection connection to god 's home he has a home plan for you there 's a place that he 's got for you i 'm going to tell our story a little bit i 'm not going to preach overly long because uh, i 'm going to share i 'm going to get someone in our congregation to come up and share, share her story of connection to the house of God as well but uh, but you know connection's a powerful thing connection is important now we live in a world in which connection is everything life 's all about connection the whole internet world the whole Uh, uh, world of connection in that zone. And it's interesting that the technology keeps changing. You know, I remember when Bluetooth came out, it was like this radical invention and and Wi-Fi. And I know for me, because we travel a little bit, every time we go into a new city uh, or a new hotel, the first thing you do is like you're looking for the the Wi-Fi connection. one of the first things you do in a restaurant and in a hotel. Yeah, have have you got Wi-Fi? What's the password? Uh, and it's annoying, isn't it, because our whole world is based on that. And if you can't get that connection, it's like, what is wrong with this place? You know, you know this is hopeless and what have you. And it's, 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 it's like, it is our world and it's fine, but it's, uh, a, a connection is, a, is in that zone. But the problem is, and there's so many ads, you know, about staying connected. and you know, it's, And it's usually about telephone companies, which is ironic because most of them have terrible connections. But the unfortunate thing is, is that that is connection. You know, getting on phone calls, getting at Skype, that's connection. That's, thank God for it when we moved to the States. None of those things existed. A, sh- a few short years ago, mo- mobile phones didn't exist. The internet certainly didn't exist. Skype didn't exist. We arrived in the States when we moved our family over there to Planet Church. And phone calls were $7 a minute. Uh, and we had no money, so it was difficult to connect. And we had to connect in other ways, you know, snail mail and uh, other forms of connection. We, have, we got there, though, but these, these new forms of connection are great when they work. But here's the deal. True connection isn't at that level. Those things help us talk, but it's not connection. True connection is a heart-to-heart level. When you've got true connection with your kids, it is a bond. It is something that is a river, a deep river between you and your kids that you could get on the phone all day, every day, and be Wi-Fi and texting them, but there's no connection because true connection is a spirit-to-spirit, heart-to-heart thing. Who's with me on that today? So we're going to talk about that in, in a very simple sense in the house of God. Now, just in my first few points, I want to talk about Uh, Some very basic principles that can help us, and then we're going to get into a couple of stories. But my first point here, I've, I've, I've got three quick keys for you. Who's ready for some keys? Okay, who's written the key of A? The key of A is this, and the key of A is be aware of what you are connected to. If we're going to have great connections, and God connections, and holy connections, we need to disconnect from certain things. Because a lot of what you're connected to, if if you're not connected to, if you're you're disconnected from bad things, it will help your connection with good things. One of the greatest things you can do is when you come to Christ, is disconnect from situations and from a lifestyle that relates to your old world. And what God wants in that disconnection is for it to be complete, to be an utter disconnection, not like sort of a little bit, you know, uh, just sort of break it a little bit. No, to cut the wires completely of the connections to the whole life. There's this great scripture uh, that I'm going to share with you right now that's from the Message Translation. It says this, this, that means you must not give sin a vote in the way you conduct your lives. Don't give it the time of day. Don't even run little errands that are connected with the old way of life. Throw yourselves wholeheartedly and full time, remember, you've been raised from the dead into God's way of doing things. How awesome is that? I love that. Don't even run little errands to your old life. Don't, and a lot of people, some people do that. They're like, I think I'll just check out that old thing again. And they do little errands. Hang on there a minute. And they run back and they, di- they reconnect with something. That, and what happens is that thing gets them again. We need to disconnect and say, no, my life in Christ is utter and complete, and there's nothing else in it. I completely closed the door on an old way of life. Who thinks that's a good principle, eh? That's, so that's the key of A, key of B. The key of B is be aware of who you are connected to. The who is very important as well. Now, I'm talking about a couple of negatives so I can go into the positive. You need to disconnect your life from people who are, I think Pastor Phil recently in a message talked about uh, antiseptic people. Sorry, septic people. I always get those two ones mixed up. (laughs) Because antiseptic sounds worse, doesn't it? But but actually it's better. Uh, Septic people are people who infect you in a bad thing, in a bad way. When we were living overseas, as I was saying before, we were... uh, Not overly physically connected, but but profoundly spiritually and relationally connected to our pastors and the team back here. We didn't get to talk much. But maybe, I don't know, maybe a year and a half, two years into our time in New York, I started getting phone calls from one of the crew back here. And he started saying things to me that were not positive about stuff. That people, that situations. Now I am. Geographically, we are geographically isolated. When you're geographically isolated, and not getting a lot of uh, normal conversation, and this voice starts coming in here and starts saying things, then it started. Uh, it started affecting me. And after, but you know, thank God for the grace of God because God's grace is is awesome, and God's grace is bigger than your ability sometimes. And after a while, I began to realize, hang on, this isn't good. Because this voice was one of uh, of criticism. It was one that was contrary. And it was one that was confusing. Because bad voices do those three things. They create criticism. They have a contrary spirit. And they create confusion. And and if we maintain those connections that do us, what happens is that becomes our form of connection. That becomes... The, the, the thing that we are and listen to and become and it then begins to disconnect us whether you like it or not from the people that God actually has called you to and connect you to so after a while I said please do not call I actually broke the connection it was one of the hardest things in the world for me to do because I'm not wired that way I hate I don't like confrontation I don't like those sorts of moments, but I just said, please do not call, and I I actually refused taking this person's phone calls, and I I blocked, I completely closed that relationship, and haven't spoken to that person since, and refused to, because that person began to erode and break down something that was precious to me, which is my connection with God, and my connection with the house of God, there there, there are those, and and like, because I discovered after a while, it's only the grace of God that allowed to do this, is that, there are, God gives you the gifts of people in your world who, who actually are actually going to create God's future for your world. For us, that is Pastor Phil and Chris, the amazing pastoral team, and many of you as friends, I, I treat those relationships as God things. And if anything tries to come in and sever those and, and cause a block between me and those, then we need to be careful who we're connected to and realize what's important and what isn't important. How are we doing with all that so far? Now, the, the key of C is christ the most important connection is our connection with christ himself if we stay connected to the head if we stay connected to him how do you do that well what you're doing right now you're in church you're hearing me preach the word of god this is keeping you connected because if you stay connected to the body guess what the body's connected to the head and if you stay connected to the head guess what the head's connected to the body they're connected. And if you're in, if you're praying, you'll be in church. If you're in church, you'll be praying. It's, if, if you're in the Word, you'll be praying. If you're praying, you'll be in the Word. If you're in the Word, you'll be in church. And if you're in church, you're in the Word. Anybody with me so far? Who's completely confused? Get the person's notes next to you, they'll be fine. In other words, it's not one of those things, it's all of those things. Because daily I'm in prayer, and daily I'm in the Word, and daily I'm talking about the church, and I'm in church, and I'm in the Word, and I'm in prayer, and all these things keep us connected and alive. Because here's what I figured, because the great scripture, it's not on the screens, so it's all good, guys. John 15, I think it's verse 7, it says, you know, Jesus said, if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want, and I'll give it to you. And then he says, the next verse goes, for apart from me, you can do nothing. How awesome is that? Some people wouldn't like that scripture. Some people think that's negative. I think it's positive. I regularly remind myself how hopeless I am. That's a great reminder. Because it forces me into connection with a person who can actually help me, which is God himself, which is Christ. And that's a great revelation. I I dance and I celebrate. I'm useless. I'm useless. I'm useless. (laughs) I'm (laughs) useless. Stop agreeing with me, so <laughs> Now you're the same, aren't you, Jake? I've been sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean that. Huh? Who loves Jake Bettlum? Great job, mate, today. Everybody say this after me apart from him, I can do nothing. How liberating is that? Because sometimes we live in this world where it's like, It's like, it's all about positive motivation. Now, I believe in being positive and I believe in motivation. So I suppose I believe in positive motivation. But I believe more. And I believe encouraging one that I believe we can, should tell people you can do it. But it's in Christ. It's in what connection you can do it. The key of C is stay connected to Christ. And the greatest definition of Christ connectedness is that we remain disciples of Christ. That we're not just church members. We're not just attend church. But If if I can encourage you, don't just be a church to be that, because that's important, because then you're attached to the body. But be a disciple of Christ. What's a disciple of Christ? Three things. You're called to follow Jesus personally. You're called to win your friends to Christ. And you're called to fellowship with each other. Those three calls define your connection with Christ and your connection with the body. I'm trying to set you up for the future. Who would like a successful future? Anyone? No, really? Who would really like one? Well, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. And it's, and it's all part of the whole deal. Now, I believe the two greatest stories in the Bible... Just got a few more minutes. The two greatest stories in the Bible about people's connection to God's house making it feel like home, is, I believe, the story of Jacob, which Jake talked about, and Rahab. Now, the story of Rahab is amazing. The story of Rahab, you may, some of you may not have heard of her. She was, lived around the time of Joshua, and it was around the time that Jericho, that great city, fell. And so I just have a few quick points and, and to take from this. But between Joshua 2 and Joshua 6, we see this amazing story of Rahab, a person who, who did not know God, who was in this city that the, the Israelites were about to, to destroy, and, and the leader of Israelites sent, a, sent some spies into the city, and guess whose house they went to? They found this house of a prostitute, and her name was Rahab, and they went into her house, and immediately something took place. It, now, it, it, it says to me that, that number one point, and I've got this on the screen here, God is about his search and rescue for your life. God is on the move to search and rescue for your life. We weren't looking for him. He came looking for us. I was, when I was a, 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 a non-believer, I wasn't walking around going, I need to believe in something and what do I need to believe in? And now, some people are that, but most people aren't. He came after me. He found me. In the form of my sister who had met Christ and she invited me to a meeting and many of you know that story. How awesome is that? God is into the search and rescue business and He will find your home. But here's what the deal, He finds one person in the home first, usually. He finds one member and that member then begins to gather the house. Because what happened was Rahab met the spies and this is my second point, you had me at hello. The moment Rahab met the spies, she immediately connected with their God. She didn't question it. She was like, your God is the true God. I want to know your God. Because when you come into encounter with the true God, your heart knows that truth is there. God wants you you to know that there is a home that he's prepared for you, a spiritual home that he's prepared for you. And as soon as you meet someone from that spiritual home or go into that place, a natural heart-level connection takes place. And Rahab's going, I'm in. I believe in your God. I want your God and whatever. And she was going to get saved. And she said this, "Uh, if I gather all my family and all my friends into this household, will you save me? And the spy said, absolutely, we will save you. Because here's the deal. God doesn't just want your life saved and touched and connected to god he wants everyone connected to you saved touched delivered who believes that and like that for their life the whole thing the whole thing then but however the third point stuck in the middle between joshua 2 and joshua 6 he'd made this commitment She was in. I'm in. Your God is my God. And you're going to save us when that time time comes. But there were four chapters and if she dropped out of the race and disconnected and lost hope, lost faith, lost connection during that time then when the time of the the need for deliverance had come in four chapters later, she wouldn't have been in her house. She wouldn't have got saved. Her household wouldn't have got saved. You know, many people drop out, what I say is in the middle. When life gets a bit boring and Church is just, no, it, maybe the days and weeks and months and years where it's like, oh, is, the, is it that important? Is my connection to God? Is my connection to the house of God? Is my connection to other believers that important? I mean, look, I missed a week and, you know, uh, lightning bolts didn't hit me and, and life's busy anyway and what have you. Let me just say this. If I say no, <laughs> say this after me never. <laughs> That was hopeless. (laughs) Say it again, never! (laughs) One of the greatest revelations you can have is that irrespective of... You might be in that middle zone. where It's like, eh, take it or leave it. No, you recognizing how vital that connection to God is and recognizing that, that it's not just for you. It's for everyone connected to you. It's for every child, every sibling, every future generation the last point saving private ryan <laughs> i'm just trying to get your attention is it working when the moment of the need to be rescued comes if you're in the house and connected to the house you and everyone connected to you will be saved when the day of trouble that teenager comes if you're in the house, if, you, if your connections have remained strong and you've kept the connections and gathered others around that, then in the day of trouble, you will be okay. And here's the deal. if We found out later in the scriptures that it makes it clear that Rahab, once she met God and became part of that great nation, she was in the line of Christ. That Jesus was born as a result of her life. Because one prostitute said, I'm going to get connected to God and bring everyone with me. 33 generations later, so there was something powerful in the seed of commitment in her heart that went into her kids, that went into her kids' kids, that went into her kids' kids, 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 kids. You know what I'm saying? 33 generations later, Jesus was born into the earth. I don't know about you, but I want my kids and my kids' kids... And my kids, kids, kids to to usher in God into the earth and to bring and make a difference in the world. Where does it begin? In my connection now, my day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year. I'm in. I'm not going anywhere. Some of you want me to. But I'm not going anywhere i don't care if i'm here i don't care if i'm that right i don't care if i'm any i'm here i'm here me my kids my grandchildren your connection to god and his house feels like home feels like home one last story uh i'll tell you our story when bernie and i met i met christ in 1978 bernie met christ in 1979 a few months later we got engaged, we, we said to my mom and Bernie's parents, it's okay, there's nothing happening, we're just friends. Uh, and they sort of knew better, and, but eventually a, a, that friendship developed into a, a great love for each other. And then, uh, I don't know why I'm telling that part of the story, but it's, <laughs> it's exciting. I just, I just felt Valentine's Day, thank you. Actually, I proposed to Bernie on Bondo Beach in 1979 and later that year we were married but for those first six months now let me just tell you this when we came to christ coming to christ to us meant freedom from the institutionalized church to us church and christianity didn't go together it does but in our heart it didn't because the church to us represented law and expectation and religious guilt and all that sort of stuff that's what it meant to us so when we met christ we're like yay we're free and uh we just believe in i don't know how we even survived we we used to read the bible to each other every day but eventually we realized that we need to belong somewhere we're up in a a a holiday up in noosa and we're up in that great place we felt called and and uh uh we were going to move there true uh Christian and Melissa actually did feel called and and moved. But we were up there, and we visited a church while we were there, Assemblies of God in Noosa. And while we were there feeling called, we met this young gentleman. His name is Chris Chetwin-Jones. And he said to us, where are you from? We said from Northern Beaches. He said, there's a new church starting, D.Y. somewhere. And we went, and something, okay, here's the deal. God has already prepared your heart. See, He's gone. Jesus has gone ahead to heaven to prepare a home for you, but He's already prepared a home for you in the earth. And when you find it, something supernatural, because it's supernatural that connection. That's why you got to protect it so much. But so He just shared this thing with us. Immediately, our hearts went. We're going to find that church. We didn't know why. We're going to find that church. We came back to Sydney the days before mobile phones and all that sort of stuff. So he just called the landline, called, 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 called. Not, he never picked up. Maybe three weeks later, he finally picked up on a Sunday afternoon. Actually, it was a Sunday night. It was 10 to 6. He said, at 6 o'clock, DY Surf Club, that's where the service is. We jumped in our little blue Mitsubishi Lancer, and I'll, it was fast. And we went flying down there and drove into the DY Surf Club parking lot pitch black no one there our hearts sank because we had this sense of anticipation of what god was going to do We're ready to drive out the door out the door out the car park and in comes a green ford cortina it's obviously all about cars you know uh and blue mitsubishi meets green ford cortina and the mitsubishi was better and uh this guy was out the window going, are you looking for the church? We went, yeah, he says we've moved. Follow me. So we followed this strange guy in a strange car up at Strange Road, up the road to little St. Kevin's School Hall. And it's a little hall. And the church was maybe four weeks old. And there were 20 people in this little hall. David Kabakov was playing a violin and Alison Easterbrook was playing an, a piano and that was the beginning of the church It wasn't called c3 It wasn't called christian church it was called christian center north side pastor chris was leading worship at the front in her tartan skirt and uh, doing it was i remember back then we used to do this like sort of pogo stick worship you know like <laughs> i don't know what it was it was like this sort of who remembers those days anyway who's glad they've gone <laughs> We walked in. I had board shorts, t-shirt. Bernie was better dressed than I was. And I had a pair of thongs and long blonde hair. True. I had hair. A couple of surfies, six months married. Not, looking, not going, what church? We've got to find a church. No, not, none of that. Just trying to follow Christ god had done a search and rescue on us we walked into this house the first thing out of our mouths was we're home hadn't met anyone if we'd met people we probably would have had a different thought but (laughs) no no not not true not true here's the deal 20 people in a rented hall pretty average looking place music was less than average but who cares? Because it didn't matter. Because when heart meets heart, when the, that call... Now, that's our story. It won't be your story in terms of the details, but the principle is the same. God wants you to find your house. And when you find that house, get connected to that house and discover what it is that God... is. Because there's purpose. And I was going to go into the story a little bit further Jacob, but... He had that experience where he was just—he was—he set out from one place, went to another. I was on his way to Haran. I'm going there. When he reached a certain place, God—he goes to sleep. He has a dream. He sees sees this amazing stuff: angels ascending and descending on a ladder. You know, he fell on a rock. Fell asleep on a rock. Always amazes me. You know, he fell asleep on a rock. And then he's, and then, and then he sees the stairway to heaven. It's like soft rock and hard rock, all in the same story. You know, like, oh, come on, that was good. You know, that was good. I love that bit. When I read the Bible, I see the weirdest things. I go, look at that. It's incredible. It's, he's in the music. There it is. It's all there. Uh, and uh, and he has these vision and then and then the promise of god comes through in your generation you'll be blessed from generation to generation to generation it's because the house of god is a place of dreams it's a place of spiritual activity it's a place of generational blessing it's all these things and we've experienced that every dream every every purpose every destiny every vision has come by being in the house of god our kids are blessed they've had their struggles they're normal kids but they're blessed Yesterday, we had a farewell for our kids that going off to New York to plant a church. I mean, how blessed can you get? And people keep asking us, how do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. It's all good, but it's all good. It's all horrible, but it's all good. <laughs> and now, now any time we're close to New York, any remotely close, I'm like, I'm diverting and I visit my kids, you know, if I'm in Brisbane, you know, like, uh, <laughs> that's close. What do you reckon? Tim, is that close? the house of God. The connection to that is not something. It's everything. It is so core to your call, to your purpose, to your destiny. I'm not talking about the ministry. I'm talking about your life. Protect it with every... If you haven't got it, get it. If you're losing it, protect it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church podcast. Visit us online at myc3church.net. Join us next time for more great teaching.